When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm Tess, and I'm here with Lauren. Hey, everybody. Hey. And so today we are going to be talking about anxiety. We've asked you guys what you wanted us to cover, and we've gotten a few messages saying you're really nervous, which is totally normal, especially while you're just in school. Nobody knows what they're doing, so it's a topic we're really excited to cover, and we want to talk about a few different things. We want to talk about some different lifestyle hacks that have helped us in our career, as well as some possible triggers that might come up, so different situations that could arise and possibly trigger a little bit of anxiety and our workarounds for those. So let's just start with some of the lifestyle hacks, things you can do to just maintain a balanced, calm lifestyle. So that carries over into the treatment room. For me, I know one of my big things is exercise and not necessarily something super crazy where I'm spiking my cortisol and getting, you know, super hyped in the gym. I save that for kind of other days off, but one of my favorite things to do, and I talk about this a lot, is Pilates Reformer. I find it helps me stretch my muscles and it just gets me in a really relaxed and focused mood. So I love that just kind of as a lead up into my day. And in our previous episode, we talked about a bunch more self-care tips. If you guys want to go more in depth with those, we'll just touch on a few. But these are things you can do to kind of fill your cup and just get yourself in a good space so that when other people are needing things from you, you're calm and balanced. Yeah, absolutely. I think your point, um, exercise in general, we all know is great. Um, however, your point about doing something like Pilates or yoga, some type of exercise that doesn't spike your cortisol like that is so important. And you know who talks about that a lot is um, Melissa Wood Health on Instagram. Do you follow her? Oh, you know, so I think I do. And I've listened to her podcast with Skinny Confidential. Yes. Yeah. That's where I first found her and I'm obsessed with her. So she she has her own exercise programs, but she talks about that a lot, um, that she doesn't do pretty much any high intensity like training at all anymore, which to each their own. She talks about... um, just the benefits of a low intensity training where you're still getting a great workout. It's you're still getting the mental benefits, but yeah. you're not spiking your cortisol. So you're not, there's no like, you know, shaky after effect or anything. Well, it's kind of a, a built in principle of, I'm going to say it wrong, but Ayurveda doing exercise, but nothing that's too, too strenuous. And if you like that, 
that's great. This is, this is just kind of our opinion. And this is the kind of workout I like to do. It's just like a 40 minute session. And I find it really sets me up well for the day. And we'll just, we'll dive into a few others. I'll say the caffeine is a big one. Mm-hmm. On the topic of cortisol. Yeah. And I'm, are you still off coffee, Lauren? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm back on coffee, but oh, she's back. It's okay, you guys. But it's like it's like one (sighs) one cup a day is what I'm having, and I actually haven't had any in I think a week or or so. And I didn't have any withdrawal symptoms this time, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah. that is. But yeah, I think when it gets when people are getting up to the the three cups a day or more, and everyone has their own tolerance. But I think if you're if you're finding yourself feeling jittery, feeling a little shaky, just try it out. Cut it down to one or two cups a day or eliminate it if you can, just to kind of see how that can affect you. Because I know caffeine can affect some people really like a lot and it cannot affect other people. So just depending on your tolerance for it. And I love coffee. It's one, it's one of those things that's just like, it's sacred. It's a ritual. So I understand that. And every holistic doctor I've seen, they've pointed out the the coffee thing. And if it was a perfect world, you know, maybe I wouldn't have any, but they've all said, it's okay if you have just one cup. The thing is, I think the thing we're trying to get at is you don't want anything that's going to add on to your stress and you don't want to have shaky hands in the treatment room or just be jittery. That's not calming or comfortable for your client, but yeah, the caffeine, we had to touch on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think as far as you know, the treatment room goes and, you know, reducing your anxiety as much as possible when you're in the treatment room, prepping for your appointments. And there's a couple of ways that you can do that, but prepping for your appointments is, will help you immensely knowing what your client list is, what services you're doing that day. Um, and especially knowing what your first appointment of the day is. So if you, if you do facials and waxing and you know that your first appointment is going to be a wax, you know that you have to get there an extra 30 minutes early to make sure that your wax is ready at the proper temperature. Um, but if it's just a facial, then you don't have to get there quite so early, but you do want to make sure that your room is prepped, you've got all your supplies, and that way you can go in to your first appointment just knowing that you're ready and you have everything. Yeah. And every spa, I think will have their own rules about how far in advance you need to come Mm -hmm. at Derma Plus. We say 30 minutes before your first service. And I like to come 45 minutes to an hour before my first service, not because I'm an overachiever, but because I know, I know being rushed is going to carry with me throughout the day. So I'd rather be there early, stroll up leisurely, take my time reading through any pre-existing client notes, get my towels in order, make sure the room is pristine and the way I like it. So I have time for little extra things like making sure the the sheets are nice and crisp. I have some essential oils going and that just gives me the added confidence like, oh, I went the extra mile, you know, and I've made this space smell nice and feel nice to be in. So not only is my client calm and going to enjoy it, I'm in a good mood because of it. Yeah, exactly. Because you're, I mean, there's nothing worse than running late for an appointment. And we, it it happens to everybody we run over or, you know, something happens and we're late for our next appointment. But 
I yeah. mean, do everything you can not to start the day that way. Cause that's yeah. just like, Oh my gosh, if you start off on that foot, I remember right. the days when, you know, that would happen to me and it just, it's so hard to get your, your momentum and your calm back after, you know, starting off on that, on that late foot. Yeah. So take your time, wake up a little bit early, set your intention for the day, set the tone. You know, if you want to do some affirmations, I like to do that just to kind of reinstill that confidence and give myself a goal for the day and just set it in a positive light. So, and then one thing, one thing I used to do, um, and I don't know, do you do this test? I used to, for every appointment, I would set out the exact products that I needed. So they were Mm -hmm. right there. Um, And so I knew that when, when that person came in, I didn't have to open drawers and cabinets and search around for whatever I needed. So before that's just part of my prep and my turnover process is whenever I I just pull out all the products that I know I'm going to need. And of course, sometimes there are things that you don't anticipate needing, Um, but as much as you can be prepared and just make that easy workflow for yourself and not, you know, scramble for products that helps so much too. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I do, I do do, kind of do that. I will prep things like an enzyme ahead of time Mm -hmm. and towels, obviously at Derma Plus, we kind of have this theme going where we like to keep as much as we can kind of hidden so the space looks clean and not cluttered but we have you know all of our back bar stuff is kind of set up so it's not tough to reach for things but everyone's going to have a different setup so whatever you can do to make it smooth and not clunky I think that's yeah really important more yeah exactly exactly so we also wanted to talk about um some possible triggers and how we work around those. So if you're in the treatment room and one of these things comes up, um, how to deal with it and kind of how to how to work around it and how to not let it get to you. And these are all things that Tess and I have experienced before and have come out of, I think, in a great way. So um, yeah. I think we want to talk about that and um, you know, just kind of how you're going to work around that when you're actually in that moment. Yes. Okay. So let's start it off with the obvious thing, which I think a lot of people are talking about when they say they have anxiety going into this career. And I've gotten DMs where people have asked me, I'm nervous around new people. Is this maybe not the career for me? So as an esthetician, you will be obviously meeting and greeting new people and bringing them back to your treatment room where it's a quiet, you know, intimate setting where they're, Lauren always says, like very vulnerable to your touch. Mm -hmm. And not only is that person vulnerable, you are, especially if you're not used to touching someone's skin. Like it is kind of an odd thing. You don't just go around washing people's faces. So it's very special and Yeah, I know we both will never forget that kind of period we both had when it was still so new and it was just kind of not familiar. So we understand where that anxiety comes in dealing with new people. Lauren, what would you say are a few workarounds for somebody who maybe feels a little bit timid meeting a bunch of new people? Yeah, I would say the number one thing for that is to make sure that you go into it in a confident, positive attitude, because that is going to just starting off on that positive foot, I think, kind of reflects that onto your client. And I think they're more 
likely to warm up and be positive and be, you know, welcoming to you as well if you started out that way. Because as the esthetician, we we walk up, we introduce ourselves. They are in our space, so I think yeah. it, it is very important for us to make sure that they feel comfortable. And in turn, when they feel comfortable, comfortable, it'll make you feel more comfortable. Does that kind of make sense? I think that's perfect. And a few things I would touch on are, yes, exactly. Having that confidence, you are steering the ship. They are looking to you. When they walk into this room, they don't know if they're supposed to stand in a corner, if they're supposed to put their stuff down, if they're supposed to get under the blanket. So as clear as you can make it, to alleviate any confusion, that helps a lot. And be be very specific. Just tell them, you know, you can follow me. You're going to place your things right here. This is your space. Next, you're, you're going to undress and put on this gown. You're going to get under the covers. Your head goes here. Just mm-hmm. being very specific gives them the sense that you are in control. You've done this before. You know what you're doing. And When people say they have anxiety about just meeting new people, honestly, I think what scares them is the small talk, which nobody really likes. And I think all of us as humans, maybe not all of us, some people are just such, you know, extreme social butterflies, but a lot of us have anxiety when we're going to a birthday party or an event, just like, what am I going to say to this person? If you're in an elevator, how am I going to talk to this person? And one of the beautiful things about being an esthetician, and maybe this takes some of the pressure off, is you're not there to lead a conversation as you would in a social setting. Right. You need to you need to get some preliminary background on their skin so that you can treat it to the best of your ability and be effective with it. But when it comes to the talking, like I like to ask maybe one or two questions about how their day was, you know, how was it getting to the spa? What do they do for work? If they've mentioned, you know, coming from a stressful work day, but when we're on the treatment room, I'm not really struggling to try to keep a conversation going. Like maybe they just want to relax. So I'll ask what I need to perform the most effective service possible. But a lot of the times People are happy to chat and they will just keep chatting. But if there's like a silent lull, don't worry about needing to fill it immediately. Right. See if they'll pick it up. And if not, let them be comfortable and relax. Yeah. And I have two things to add to this just real quick. Yeah. it, it could be really helpful for somebody um, if they're experiencing anxiety when meeting new people, especially new clients, to just have a list of um, just a couple questions, little icebreaker questions, like you said, of how was the day? How did you? How was it getting to the spa? Did you find us okay? You know, just like something small like that that you know you can ask. They're easy questions. So you're not, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. heavy about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have those questions that you know yeah. that you can ask, and that would help. And the other thing that I wanted to say is I always let the client guide the conversation. So of course we have to ask certain questions about their skin and you know, that type of thing, but some people don't want to talk and truly that's what I liked the best. I liked having a quiet treatment room that was just super relaxing and you didn't have to, you know, feel like you needed to keep the conversation going, but I always just let the client guide the conversation. If they want to talk, they'll talk. Like, trust me, they will. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So just letting them guide it and just not, like you said, not worrying about filling those, those silences is, it will help immensely. 
Yeah. And just ask yourself, what is the worst that could happen? It's, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit silent for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Like you will be okay. That's a good thing. So just, I think people get so in over their heads and there's no need. If you can just focus on like your breath and being calm, focus on your movements at the end of the day, you want to deliver results, give them a good experience. And I think the interpersonal stuff and the creating client relationships, because of course that's so important and we don't want to say undermine that and say it's not important, but it will just come naturally. And those people you click with, it will just happen. So I would just, if you're nervous, try to focus on just doing the best job you can. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it improves with time. It really does. Like testing yeah, it gets so much easier. Yeah. We yeah. both had anxiety to start with when we yes. clients, and it's, it really subsides. You get used to it. The silence ends up being great. You want a quiet treatment yeah. room. So yeah, yeah. So super, it, it definitely gets better. Don't, don't let that hold you back. I think is one of my biggest things with that. And the last thing I'll say, because I would text Lauren when I was going into my facials at school and I would say, I'm so nervous. Give me a pep talk. Just help me. And Lauren would always have the best responses. And I remember this is the best piece of advice like anyone's ever given me in aesthetics. Just imagine pouring love out of your hands onto this other client. Just imagine like moving only good energy into into the treatments yeah yeah that's the best and that's really what you're doing you really are physical touch I mean as we all know you guys it releases what is it oxytocin or whatever the feel-good chemical is in the brain so you really are you know giving love with your hands in that treatment setting so yeah okay let us know if you have any more questions on that you can dm us you can ask us in the reviews okay let's move on to what should we do next, Lauren? How about how about like making a mistake in the treatment room? Yeah, messing yeah, up. I think I think that's good because everybody messes up. <laughs> I can't even tell. Yeah. You. I mean, you drop something, or yeah. you forget something. You run out of towels, or I mean, there's a million things that could go wrong in the treatment room. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, a million. And you, but you will be okay at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. You'll be okay. And you remain calm. You yeah. you just do what you need to do to fix whatever the problem is in that scenario, whether it's needing more towels, you excuse yourself for a second, yeah, go grab human. a couple of towels and come back. Like you just, you know, if you mess up in the treatment room, take a breath, know that it's okay. Everybody's human. Nobody's perfect. And you just fix whatever that is in the moment. And then you move on and you don't let it affect the client. No, because they don't even know what's going on. They don't know what's supposed to happen next. You forget one little massage movement in your routine. They have no idea. They're half asleep. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's so funny. That's actually one of the most calming things for me that somebody told me when I was first starting. They were like, the client doesn't know what to expect. They don't have your list of steps in front of them and they're not checking off boxes. So if you do something out of order or you forget something, they they have no idea. It all feels good to them. Right. That being said, if, if it's something super awkward, like you can acknowledge it, don't make it weird. Like if, of course, if you've made a mistake or if you've chemically burn someone like apply ice correct the situation be sincere and genuine like you don't need to pretend it never happened and you know 
just go into robot mode, but just handle it humanly in the moment, I think is the best advice. Yeah, I think that's the best because there's nothing worse than when somebody makes a mistake, just in life in general, if somebody makes a mistake and they won't acknowledge it, like there's nothing worse than that. So if you drop something or, you know, you know, the client flinches on something, just apologize or say, oh, I'm going over here now or just, yeah, just acknowledge it in a human way. And that, I mean, that'll go, that'll go miles for you. It really helps. Right. Like getting something in their eye, like, you know, Mm -hmm. just correct the situation, always acknowledge it and then don't let it affect the rest of your treatment. Yeah. And also learn from it because I just saw recently, I forget who it was, but it was somebody on Instagram said that, um, when they were first starting out, they, they carried a product over the client's face and, Mm -hmm. um, and dripped some, I forget what it was. It wasn't wax or anything Mm -hmm. crazy, but dripped something like into the client's eye area. And she was just so mortified. So like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And of course, I apologized and moved on from it. But she learned from it. And she says to this day, she will never carry anything over a client's face again. Yeah. Just learning from any little mistake that happens. That as you go on, just having that knowledge and knowing, well, that happened. I'm not going to do that again. That helps immensely with um, just lessening your anxiety over time. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. What should we talk about next? So... Okay. So I think we should go into client freakouts. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We have this whole little list. Lauren and I were just going over like all the things that have arisen for us in our career because these things happen. Okay. Client freakouts. So what do you mean by this? So, so say for instance, you have a client, um, laying on the table and like this happened to me recently. I put a, a gel mask, hyaluronic acid gel mask, the most basic of basic <laughs> on this girl's skin. And she, she started asking me, like, she starts kind of like hyperventilating. She's like, is, it, is this supposed to burn? It feels really intense. And, and her skin was not reacting to it at all. Like there was no flushing. There was nothing. And she was like, it's getting worse. And like, I, I could see her <laughs> like losing it. And I was like, okay, well, it's not like, you know, so I, I had to ask her the questions, you know, what, um, what does it feel like? How, is it itchy? Is it hot? Is it burny? Like, you know, basically how does it mm-hmm. feel? Gauge it on a scale of one to 10. You want to, in that scenario, if you have somebody that is kind of freaking out about something, just gauge how exactly they're feeling. Scale of one to 10, ask them what the sensation feels like, you know, maybe fan them, see if that helps. There's just, there's a, a number of things that you can do. Um, mm-hmm. but anyways, but at the b- bottom line, if somebody's really freaking out about something, just take whatever it is off. There's, it's not worth it for them no. to have a bad experience. Just take it off and say, okay, well, we've learned that that doesn't work with your skin or, you know, we yeah. can try that at a later date if you feel comfortable. But, you know, it, at the bottom line, you want your client to be comfortable, but at the same time, you need to make sure that you stay calm in that scenario and know that you are in charge. You know what to look for in an actual um, bad reaction to a product. So you are the expert here. You know, you want them to be comfortable, but also don't freak out because you know what you're dealing with. A hundred percent. Yeah. And just know, like you may see little changes or reactions in the skin in a facial. That's the point. You're trying to get the, the blood circulating. And this is one of the things that I learned early in my career, like a little bit of flushing the skin, a little bit of turning pink or red. It's not a bad thing. I used to freak out and think, oh my gosh, I don't, 
understand how this peel works with their skin. They must be super sensitive. They must be on fire and they're just not saying anything. I have to remove it super fast. Like, no, calm down. The peel is doing its job or, you know, whatever it may be. So check in with your client. You can ask them to rate it like one to five, five being the most sensation for them. You can ask them, like Lauren said, if it's like a hot, hot heat where, you know, they feel like their face is on fire. Maybe it's some sort of allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. And that is very different from just a normal, maybe a slight itch or a little bit of tingling, a little bit of spiciness or activity. But, and that kind of leads me into one thing. You don't want to give them cues to make them assume like, yes, this is horrible because they start to get into their head more. So you don't want to say, you know, is your face on fire? Mm -hmm. What's something else, Lauren? Like, Um, yeah, well, actually, as I I said it earlier, but the word burn, I was always told not to say the word burn because if it is, is it burning? They're going to think, oh shit, yeah, oh, it's burning. Like, right, that, right, that exactly. It's so vague. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we would, we would ask, you know, itchiness, does it feel like a tingle? Does it feel, um, you know, you can use the word active or active. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can explain it that way. But yeah, don't put the bad words in their head just because that's, that's what they'll hold on to most of the time. And also, I think it's important to know what what to expect from the product that you're putting on. So like Mm -hmm. Tess said, if you're using a peel, of course, there is going to be some sensation with that. Um, But like in my case, when I put a a gel mask on this girl and she started, you know, freaking out about it, that was obviously she must have been allergic to a certain ingredient or she must have had, I don't know, some kind of treatment before that she didn't tell me about. So there are a number of things. So just know what to expect with what you're putting on. And also, like you said, if you see somebody flushing or whatever, I always make a point to, as soon as I put a peel on, actually, let me take it back. Before I even put a peel on, I always tell them, this is how it will feel. Mm -hmm. You're going to expect some tingling. You're going to expect some itchiness. um, And then once it's on, I ask them to, to tell me, how does this feel? You know what I mean? I don't just wait for them to tell me because like you said, sometimes they won't. So, and they think that, oh shit, I just got to like push through the burn, but no. So you want to check in with them, ask them how it's feeling, rate it on a scale of one to 10. And you know how that should feel if you're, if you have like a pumpkin enzyme on them and they rate it a nine, like that's probably not good. Right. That's (laughs) a good point. Yeah. So you want to, you want to know what to expect from what you're using and then gauge that um, against what your client is telling you. Yeah. And you're setting the expectation for them Mm -hmm. to kind of minimize, you know, the risk and how anxious somebody can get. If you're setting the expectation, I think people just feel more sure of themselves and more confident about what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Because if they know that they're, they're going to expect some burning or some, some tingling, then once you put it on, they're going to feel okay with that. Whereas if you just put something on that starts tingling on them, they're going to say, oh my gosh, is this supposed to tingle? It feels really bad. Like, cause it startles <laughs> them. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I like to highlight, you know, what I'm going to be doing in the treatment before it even gets started. Yeah. Because maybe somebody comes in, they've never had a facial, their eyes are going to be pretty much, you know, closed throughout this whole experience or wide open. <laughs> wide open which happens but but if you can just give more of an overview and more information I think it sets people more at ease yeah exactly well it's like and I mean, I, if you were to go to a doctor appointment or something you would want right. to know what you're there for yeah. what you're gonna do otherwise right. you're kind of un, you know uneasy 
And I think this leads into our next our next trigger, which is dealing with quote unquote difficult people. I think setting that expectation is key. So dealing with difficult people, this just happens in your career. There's probably going to be at some point a time where somebody complains, whether it's to you, to a manager, to your boss, maybe it's on Yelp. The possibilities are endless. And it happens to all of us. It is just part of it. And I'll never forget the first time it happened to me. And I I will say, I think the reason it happened was because I didn't set a clear enough expectation. So the complaint was basically this person didn't feel enough time was spent on extractions. And, you know, I should have somehow gauged what she was really there for. And sometimes people just... Even if you ask, they'll say, oh, you know, just a facial. And I try to get really specific because I want to know what they want to address. If they think they have, you know, hyperpigmentation or they think they have an acne problem, that's what's most relevant to the service. You want to get a clear understanding of what they're there for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll also have people who will come in and say, I got this a lot where people would just be like, Oh, I'm just here to relax. Right. And and that's that's also really valuable information because yeah. they don't want a ton of extractions. You know what I mean? If they're there right. to relax, they don't want to be in pain. So that's so important to 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 set the expectation and also to understand what their expectations are. Yeah. And even if they say just to relax, maybe like at some point I'll kind of ask again, like, you know, if you had to pinpoint something about your skin, what would it be like that you would want to address? And just Mm -hmm. if you can keep kind of digging, I find it saves you in the end because somebody may not say anything throughout the entire facial and you think you're doing totally fine. And then, you know, a complaint could come about at the end that catches you off guard. So dealing with difficult people, excuse me, at the end of the day, you just have to know it's part of the industry. It's probably going to happen. And when this happened to me, when somebody complained, I thought about it for for days. I like ruminated on it. I talked to my friends about it. Like I was just so worked up and anxious and getting so down on myself. And you need to remember like one bad day, one bad experience. It doesn't mean you're a bad esthetician. It's just a circumstance. So try not to take it too much to heart because it's really difficult to make a lot of people happy. You can't make everyone happy. And even talking with Douglas Preston, who's been on our podcast before, he's um, an acne specialist and he's a very special mentor to me. I even told him about the experience because I was so torn up about it. And he goes, Tess, so how many clients have you seen this uh, up till this point? And, you know, it'd been hundreds. And he goes, this is one person out of, Mm -hmm. you know, 500 people you've seen like is that a very good ratio is that a strong indication that people are having a negative experience with you and that really put it in perspective for me yeah yeah exactly and I think something else that's important to to kind of understand when dealing with um, you know more difficult clients is trying to understand where they are coming from and yeah because 
you know, there, there's so many estheticians out there. We all have a different style. We all have a yeah. different way of doing things. And just quite frankly, they may have had a bad experience with another esthetician at some point. That's um, true. Yeah. So like, for instance, I had a client, I mean, years ago who I was, she came in for a facial and we were doing um, just a light glycolic peel on her. And she, she was nervous because she was like, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to leave, right? Like the, you're going to be here mm-hmm. while the peel is on. And I was like, Oh my, of course, like I would never leave, leave the room with a peel on somebody's skin. And yeah. she was like, okay. Um, and, and she wasn't by any means difficult. This is just an example of, you know, where right. she's coming from. And she, she told me that the last time she had had a peel, what the, the esthetician left the room for like 15 minutes and she literally had scabs afterwards. Oh gosh. Oh, so she was like, it was it's honestly so brave yeah. of her to even book another yeah. peel. I probably wouldn't have. No. Um, but yeah, so she, that's kind of where she was coming from and why she was so nervous. And I just, yeah. I, I you know, reassured her and I told her like, first of all, 99% of estheticians are never going to leave the room. First of all, for anything, you know, unless right. they need to get something, but they're by, they're by no means going to leave the room with a peel on your skin, nothing active. So just understanding, I think, where somebody's coming from, if yes. they're being difficult and, you know, just understanding that everybody's got a story, everybody has had past experiences and, you know, it'll help you a lot if you kind of put that other shoe on. Yeah, that's that's such a great point to come at it with empathy. And I'm sure at one point we have all been that difficult person. Right. Like I know with my hair, I have very specific expectations and I've been that person to complain if I didn't feel like it came out right. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't make anyone a bad person. It just means they've paid for a service and they kind of expect to get what they paid for. Like this woman that came in to have her acne managed she came in to deal with that problem and it can be emotional. Like Mm -hmm. I don't feel, I don't personally, I don't feel very cute when my hair is not a certain way. Like I like to know what I'm getting and I like to have that result every time this person came in for extractions and you know, she has an emotional relationship with her skin. So I think remembering like people, are very vulnerable, vulnerable about their skin and it's what they present to the world every day. So I think coming at it with empathy and just trying to give them a solution when you can, it's always the best route. And in the end, it's always the most efficient. It's always worth your time to try to make that person happy. Yeah, exactly. And then also on the flip side of this, I think it's really important to pay attention to the you know, complaints or any, you know, any adverse thing that comes up. Because if you're noticing a pattern, then maybe there is something that you need to kind of switch up in the way that you do things. So of course, you know, it's never 100% anybody's fault or anything of that sort, but just paying attention and learning from mistakes or learning from a pattern that maybe you're seeing that people don't like so much is um, important and a great way to grow. Absolutely. And we're all learning. It's a, it's a long journey and we're only better for it. So even those, even the worst scenarios that have happened to us as as estheticians, we never forget them. And they're always good reminders Mm -hmm. of what we can do better. Yeah, exactly. It's all a learning and growing experience. And just as far as just overall anxiety around aesthetics and being in a people facing industry, 
all I can say is yeah. just at the, basically the more you do it, the easier it is. And I know that's kind yeah. of hard because you've got to take that first step at some point, but I promise it just gets so much easier and you get so much more comfortable. Absolutely. So yeah, just know the confidence comes with time. And I know like if I myself, who's, so I talk about my anxiety very openly and it's something that I think like weighs heavily on me. And I'm somebody who I just doubt myself frequently and, you know, it can have to do with like how you're raised or things that happened in childhood or, you know, how you felt in school compared to other kids. It can be like so deeply rooted. So I know it's not always as easy as just be confident, but, but it's just about, you know, taking the small steps every day, taking care of yourself and remembering like you have your back at the end of the day. Like, little things may arise, but at the end of the day, like you have to love yourself and know mistakes make you human. They don't make you bad at your craft or incapable of becoming a really great esthetician or business owner, whatever you want to be. So just remember that. Yeah, exactly. And then also if, if you feel like you really are experiencing like a level of anxiety that you're not able to control yourself, um, at least in this moment. I think it's it's so important to to seek out help from somebody else if you feel like that's something you need. Like all of our tips and tricks can absolutely yeah. help. They've helped both of us. But yeah, if you feel like you need help from an outside source, then do it by all means. Do it. Do it. I mean, I've seen a therapist on and off my whole life. Tess, I don't know if you have or not. But it's just important to if you need that help, go see a therapist. Talk to somebody. That's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that can help a lot. It may be the root of the anxiety is something else you haven't dealt with. So I think, yeah, truly like asking yourself where you think it could be coming from. I think that is really important. And sometimes it's even just like chemical imbalance. So we definitely don't mean to minimize any, you know, mental issue, anything like that. These are just a little bit of tips to hopefully help you feel a little bit more comfortable. But we certainly empathize with anyone who's experiencing anxiety, which if you're listening to, it's probably resonating with you on some level. So we have certainly been there. And yeah, like Lauren said, it just gets easier. Yep, definitely. So that's all I got. Do you have anything else to add, Tess? I don't. That's cool. that's it for me. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We're thank you for this this idea. I think it yeah. was a really important thing to talk about. So if there's any other questions you have or that we missed, feel free to shoot us a DM. We'll include our handles below so you can find us. And we would love if you guys left us a review. It means so much to us, especially just starting this podcast. It really supports us. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. We really appreciate everything and we'll see you guys in the next one. Yes. Stay calm. (laughs) (laughs) Bye everyone. Bye.